0: Welcome everybody to the Gameology podcast, episode number fifteen, all about death. I am one of your hosts, Matthew from Game think Talk in the Nineties
1: Kid YouTube channel, and I am Attila Gabriel rieski from Blue Screen Productions. And Gabriel, we're talking about death. Why don't you run that down for us? It's, it does sound kind of morbid, but uh, you know, games. You're no matter whether you're talking about like arcade games of yore, or whether you're talking about uh, modern experiences. Like we all know about, you know, the do that was mario dying could you tell (laughs) a little (laughs) bit um so yeah why don't we if we're if we're going to look at this sort of like overview of how death is treated in games we can start back with arcades, which you probably have more experience in than I do.
0: Sure, I'm 32, so I was at a really fun age in the arcade times where I first started going and Street Fighter was really popular and Mortal Kombat was really really popular. And obviously arcades were a lot more popular in decades past with more simplified games before the home consoles really took hold. Um, because that was, that's when arcades were still more popular than what you had at home. And until we hit around like Sega Saturn and past that arcades were more popular, uh, sorry, more more powerful. Um, but the, the thing with the arcade philosophy was that they wanted the games to be really, really hard and you died. And every time you died, you had to put in another quarter. We um, had a bit of more money and they tried to replicate that on the earlier systems where you had lives and you had continues And that's something that we've seen phase out as we go to the modern age of gaming.
1: Yeah, I think it just it sort of makes sense that um, That was the design mindset of the time it was like, you know, you designed for arcade games for so long that uh, especially because so many games were ports from arcades that it, it was just sort of natural that the design ideologies of um, arcades kind of translated over to um the first home consoles and it's it's taken a really long time to sort of shake that mentality
0: yeah actually we see that with with games throughout the ages is that every time an evolution comes along in gaming like say with we motion controls or the connect or now with vr they take what has worked already in other ways and then they try to just they just kind of like meld it on they frankenstein it on until they find out that well hey actually now that people are at home um death isn't that much of a problem anymore i mean with with modern gaming could you imagine if you were playing Uncharted and you and you fell down a pit three times and it said, "Sorry, game over. Start from the beginning of this ten-hour game and go through all that story again." It's it's just completely different. Whereas you didn't mind so much running through those first levels of Mario because it was all it was all action. You were connected. There were no text boxes. Well, there were a few, but you weren't stopping for a cutscene.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, with with early games. The main reason that it made so much sense to stick with the idea of having these. Um, deaths that set you back to the beginning of the game is because you know you didn't have the the game itself wasn't very long so making having the difficulty be there and having the player with a limited number of lives meant that it could sort of inflate the playtime of the game like i got um i think super mario brothers for the game boy on the 3ds virtual console recently and one of the things they added in was save states. So I could um, create a save state of the game um, before a pit or something. I would usually try to play through a full level. But if there ever became like a, a particularly difficult challenge, I would just pop open, create a save state. And then if I died, I could just resume from my save state. And I got through that game so quickly because <laughs> it's like, oh... I guess it is just a short game that they're expecting you to like die and get better at over time.
0: It's 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 like you to beat one of those games means you have to put on a flawless performance not flawless actually what deaths are are a way to check mark how many flaws you can have in your performance and if you fail say Mario's uh, such a great example now Mario say he is big you have yeah. the mushroom whatever that means you have say two or more hits before you've died so that's two, two more errors you can make you, then you have maybe three lives before continue and you have maybe a certain amount of continues in a different game and once you've exhausted all those checkpoints back to the beginning
1: yeah exactly so there's there's all the different like phases of like how many mistakes is the player allowed to make before they reset your progress in some form or fashion as you observed with like the the mario system it's like some measure of health um you know mario sunshine really went up and gave you a lot of individual um life points and then with mario galaxy they brought it back down to just three and then some of the more modern um like the most recent mario uh wii u 3d world Mm -hmm. (laughs) so many different words crammed into that title um where they went back to the sort of system of like you have a a power up and if you take a hit you lose the power up and if you take another hit it becomes small and then you take a hit and then you die um and i think a mario example mario games are an example of where like death just really doesn't make hmm. not death but the concept of a game over just doesn't make sense anymore like why why would you necessarily have to lose all your progress like if you if you die in a mario game right you you hit zero lives that means you don't restart at your checkpoint in level and you go back to the last either castle or fortress that you defeated and you have to play through those levels all over again until you get back to where you were i just don't see any reason for that anymore
0: i'll tell you one example and i still don't think it's a good enough reason to bring that system back but i was watching one of game informer's first super replays and it was of mario 3 and they got to the very very last uh, level, yeah, and they were down to like just a few lives, mm-hmm. and the suspense that came with that because it wasn't a matter of time; it wasn't just keep going. It was you have this many chances. It's 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 akin to putting on a live play or something. I mean, you can go out there and there is not a lot of room for error. You need to get you have to need to nail this mm-hmm. for two hours you know, straight. video games offer more room for error than a live play, obviously. Yeah,
1: no, I, I know exactly what you mean by that. Like, it's the difference between seeing a recorded performance of a movie versus seeing an actor live on stage. It's much more impressive to see somebody nail that performance. But I think that that's a challenge that players can take on themselves, and it's not necessarily a challenge that the game needs to demand of them. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely.
0: I I don't I don't want to ever go back to that. I like how it is uh, just fine now. Because and in, you should have the option to go back to the early levels if you want to. And I mean, with the latest Mario games, they do have that. You can backtrack as much mm-hmm. as you want if you ever really needed to. But yeah. it it's 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 an been an evolution for the good, as far as I'm concerned. For death. Now, how do you how do you approach? Um, Death and failure in, in some of the games that you've been working on, Attila.
1: So, most recently, when I put out Starnock Fortress, um, you basically have an unlimited number of lives. You When you die, when you run out of health in the game, you respawn at the last door that you went through, um, and the levels themselves are never very large, so those checkpoints are relatively frequent. Um, the only penalty associated with death is the fortress that you're on either gets closer to your home planet or destroys a little bit more of it. So it's a, you know, sort of an external motivator for the player to not fail, to just try to get through the game without dying as much as possible, because it's a slight um, traversal penalty, and it's a slight sort of like lore penalty. Um, Depending on what your difficulty you're playing on, there's a more significant penalty... Um, but really, I just, uh, I don't know. There's, I've got an idea to sort of create like a gauntlet mode in the game where you have to go through it every level one at a time. And there's that, that lore justification for dying is not there anymore. But even then, I don't think I'd introduce a fixed number of lives for all the reasons I touched upon with Mario. It just doesn't make sense to limit the player in that sense. Like just, you know, every time you beat a level, that's it. That's your checkpoint. Why should I ever take that away from you? Um...
0: Having the deaths influence the narrative part of it and the story and your impact on the game, I think, is, is a really smart way to go about it. I'm um, thinking of some other ways where death or, say, permadeath has been brought back into fashion mm-hmm. and uses roguelikes at uh,
1: XCOM. Yeah. Now, yeah? Uh, all I was going to say is like, with, the, with the, the roguelikes, it makes sense because essentially every time you play the game, it's generating a new world, right? So the, the best way to get the player to experience more than one world is for death to be permanent and for you to have to sort of start from scratch, but those games are designed from the ground up with that kind of thing in mind um, and with Xcom it's a bit a bit more interesting because you have your individual soldier units. I mean, I can let you explain it if that's what you're about to do
0: yeah, I mean with Xcom, you do have the individual soldier units and they and as they die, they're gone for the mm-hmm. rest of the game so they xcom the, the draw of the story has never been the actual Traditional story, it's been the story that you create mm-hmm. where you have a soldier who takes a shot and maybe they just make a crazy good shot. They, they, on the imaginary dice they roll all sixes and that guy becomes or girl becomes a hero and they, they have that story attached to them and they get, they level up and they become one of your go to weapons. Mm-hmm. And then later on in that game, when they get taken out by maybe a lucky blast or something happens or maybe they heroically die, that's something that sticks with you and especially when you name them after your pets or your friends.
1: Oh, no, But yeah. that's,
0: and that's the thing is, so that's where permadeath in that sense makes a lot of sense and can make it a lot more interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I you know, at the I don't want to be coming out of the gate saying that, like, death doesn't belong in games anymore. I tried to make a game, um, one of the jam, game jam games I made was when we were young, and that I designed to be an experience without death. It was just mm. a, I, like happy world where everything is bright and colorful and there is no cause of death in the game now what i realized is that even though it's like nice and comforting and it's fun to just sort of explore the world there are certain challenges in the game um, collecting these little treasure chests that you need to beat the very short experience that it is um, where the game would actually be improved if i added in player death because there are certain jumps that are just really tricky to make, and because there's no death, if you fail that jump, you just fall to some other part of the stage, and you have to climb back up to that jump and then attempt it over again. And if I were to insert a little, like, um, death condition, not necess- it doesn't have to be death per se. It could just be, like, a sort of auto-teleport. Um, but if I had inserted something like that, it would have made it... Uh, the iteration time on trying that jump that you failed at, uh, much less, it would have been a lot easier to get back to the point where you failed. You don't have to just do the whole like walk of shame to get all the way back up there.
0: G- games are such an interesting medium because to make a game and to tr- and to try to make a, a compelling experience to be playing it is like showing someone a movie and then having them rewind a little bit mm-hmm. and then watch a bit and then rewind a bit and then skip forward and then maybe they didn't even see that part of the movie. I mean, games are just this malleable, movable organic experience that relies so much on interaction and you might think you've made the most interesting thing in the world, but you're right, something is s- as simple as having to climb all the way back up. I mean, everybody likes going down the hill on your toboggan. We're mm-hmm. in Canada, by the way. But nobody likes pulling that thing up to the top. I mean, in in Uncharted, sometimes I will kill them because it's hilarious and there's no penalty and there's no, you don't, it's not like Dark Souls. I'm not going to lose any currency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to wait for a loading screen. And it's funny as hell when these guys are engaged in this like really expensive conversation between Troy Baker and, and the other guy that's in every game. Um and then just just drive them off a cliff to their death and just listen to them scream in their sheep. It's, it's kind of the same things I liked about GTA, you know, just experimenting and messing around. And that is something that, uh, I mean, to mess around with death, like, uh, Braid nailed it with the rewind mechanic. Yeah. It was like, well, why don't you just have people back up? Cause we're all just trying to make attempts at something. And when we fail, it's like, how fast can we get back and try again?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like it's, you know, if, if you want to approach a game and go through the whole thing and go for perfection, that should be a goal that you take on yourself as the player. It shouldn't necessarily be something that the game is demanding that you do just to experience more of the game. Um, you know, and then there are certain instances where, um, like, character death, as in the case of XCOM, um, really does make sense. It contextualizes the world, gives things like weight and meaning, and that's a really good use of it as well. Um, but where I'm kind of concerned is where the sort of more traditional sense of like the the player losing lives um, in an experience like a lot of popular mobile games are doing nowadays. Hmm. It's something called an energy system where you can only play this free game for a limited amount of time. Otherwise, you have to like wait a certain amount of time before your lives are generated. Or give us some money. Yeah, exactly. So right Just with with that inclusion, we're sort of right back to where we were in the sort of like arcade um, model of things where suddenly developers are incentivized to create experiences that are extra difficult and are therefore, you know, more likely to cause the player to die. And then they either give into frustration and pay or they just have a miserable experience and say, like, no, I'm going to wait this out. But either way, you are. You know, not allowing people to play your game, because um, you, you feel terrible for giving in and paying money for it, and you feel terrible for waiting. And it's just a system that creates this like all around bitter feeling in the players. But palate, then, as but it then were.
0: psychologically, when you pay for something, your your psyche can eventually think you'll try to justify it. I mean, mm-hmm. if you ask somebody like, "What's what's better, uh, model A or model B?" And they've bought one of them. I mean, we see mm-hmm. this all the time with... Yeah, if- investments, yeah. Exactly. People that own PCs, they're the master race. I mean, if you own an Xbox or a PlayStation, it's very easy to become biased with it. So they're counting on that psychological thing that uh, that can drive people to lose their homes gambling. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, there was an interview with um, the guy from Jay and Silent Bob, not Kevin Smith, the other one. And he was talking about games he plays and he doesn't have a lot of time to play games. And he spent he's a whale Mm -hmm. he spent thousands of dollars on a card you know virtual card game just opening up these card packs because you get into it and the more that you buy the more your brain goes no this is a good idea i I mean i'd be stupid if we spent this much and it was a bad idea so it must be a good idea
1: yeah i mean the way i hear it most often justified is people saying like oh yeah i mean it's it's worth my time right like your, your time is valuable therefore if you spend money it's it costs less to just buy this thing than it does to wait it out because my time is valuable. Why shouldn't I just put money into this? And that yeah. is such a fallacy because like, no, you if your time is truly that valuable, play something else, play a premium experience, play something which has the cost upfront and then, you know, doesn't nickel and dime the player throughout. It's the difference between playing Farmville and Stardew Valley. Right. One of those is a premium experience and everything in it just feels like anytime there's like a time limit on something, it's like, okay, that's just the amount of time it takes. You know that there's not somebody, you know, in a I'd like to picture them in like a a dark fortress in their tower or whatever. They're just like looking over a crystal ball and thinking like, oh, how can I torment the human psyche enough to like draw value out of them when they arrive at this number of how long it's going to take before your crops have grown? but. In Stardew Valley, is like, okay, they'll be grown in a couple of days. That's cool. I'm gonna go do something else. And there's always this feeling of like, you know, the same with um Animal, uh Animal Crossing. <laughs> you really said Animal Farm. That would be interesting. <laughs>
0: um
1: anytime that you have a game that implements like energy systems, energy systems in themselves are not a bad thing. Having a like um, an, um something you have to like wait for, and even if you have an in-game currency to like expedite the weight you know like bone meal and minecraft using it to instantly grow a tree um those are not bad things having um things which naturally take some time and then giving the player tools to get past them more quickly um are, are good mechanics but when that is sort of like tied in with the greed and tied the, the players tied down and like the number of lives they have before they either have to capitulate and give up Actual real money or waste their time that 's when I believe that you know you start going down a nefarious path,
0: yeah, and, and like you say, if you have something else to do while you 're waiting for the radishes to grow, you can go hit up the uh, lady in town with a nice radish pie. Um, how about death as a as a narrative device? Um, I was thinking, is this still a spoiler? Is the big event that happened in Final Fantasy seven a spoiler? I don't know. Well, I just, I won't say it. But anyways, you can, if you've just
1: prefaced now that, you know, like check back in
0: 30 seconds. There you go. In Final Fantasy seven, I'll still stay away from it. A main, a main character dies. And when that ha- and that is a huge moment. And it's, I mean, I think for many people, that is the most powerful moment in the game. And the, they're so smart in the way that they do it in that they allow you to bond with this character and build with this character. You're leveling this character up. Um, and then when it's taken away from you, it's uh, it's quite shocking because you you are invested in there, and it also sets the tone that any one of you could be next. It's it's like if you're watching a movie, the mm-hmm. same way if you see a main character die that they can, especially one that maybe they've paid some money to uh, put into this film, to watch them die. Now you know that there's a a bit more of an, an unpredictability, which is
1: sometimes missing in a lot of games. So yeah, when you have uh, either that like narrative aspect of death, or whether you can use death to actually like assist the player somehow um, you know I've described before like in when we were young if I you know sort of use not necessarily death but just like the, that option to like get the player back to the challenge as soon as possible um, you know in, in other games like in um, Halo if you're playing a, a level where you're encountering difficulty and you die the game spawns you back a, a little ways um, so that you can like try again where you failed And then if you keep dying, the game will spawn you at a further checkpoint back just to sort of ensure that you like don't end up in that scenario again. So in that sense, you know, resetting the player's progress is not necessarily a penalty, but it's actually a way to help them through the experience.
0: Yeah, it's sort of a combination of it. I mean, I think you'd easily look at it as like I'm being punished more. But like you say, it could I mean, I was watching a Paperboy uh, review the other day and when you crash into a car and then they would spawn you in the same spot where it's, this is a problem. So that is a really like genius fail safe. Um, And if it, not just to avoid maybe a potential car crash like situation, but even just maybe you're not ready for the spot. Maybe you need to go back and grab a different item or something. Uh, I mean, I've played a few point and click adventure games back in the 90s Sierra games where I saved a little too willy nilly and ended up in a fail state. And it was, it meant starting the game from scratch and yeah it's awful putting another like 15 or 20 hours um into it police quest i still love you though um and shovel knight which Mm -hmm. is a game we're going to be talking about on the next episode uses a similar mechanic as well where you die and it just pushes that checkpoint a little further back and it makes a lot of sense
1: yeah and um like it 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 also has like you you lose your progress and you lose a bit of currency sort of like what dark souls does right um and with like with dark souls if for those who don't know Whenever you die in the game, you lose your collected currency, being souls. And souls are what you use for everything from like buying items to leveling up your character. Um, I think some of them are involved in like casting of certain spells. Um, I haven't played as a, a mage in Dark Souls. My, my knowledge is based on a playthrough I've watched on the Extra Play channel, which I, I would highly recommend. Um, but yeah, so Dark Souls is a fantastic example of like the increasing tension as time goes on because you're holding these souls that are so valuable but you can't necessarily cash them in and level up your character until you hit a certain threshold so you're just guaranteed to be carrying a certain like you know you're 10 percent away from leveling up and then you die and it's just like oh god i've just lost all that progress but if you traverse your way back to where you died you can reclaim them Mm -hmm. and it's
0: and that's a really genius mechanic, to add that weight to it. And it's just that perfect risk and reward. It's like somebody filling filling their uh, boots with something um, or like finding all this money in a swamp. But the more that you put in your pockets, the more likely you are to drown. Um, and what Dark Souls did really brilliantly with death was that mechanic, as you mentioned, but also allowing that to permeate the entire... Game and the entire uh, theme of the series, uh, where your characters are sometimes in a state between life and death, mm-hmm. which really makes sense with the mechanic of it. And where a lot of the characters, the NPCs that you run into, the whole game just adopts that tone, which is, I think, really beautiful design to like take that mechanic and use it as a metaphor.
1: Yeah, it, that's, yeah, it, going back to our discussion about uh, mechanics as a metaphor before, it's like anytime that you can sort of weave death into the narrative. Um, You know, I don't count Zarnok Fortress in that. Just because there is a narrative penalty does not mean that death necessarily has that meaning. But Dark Souls does a great job at it. Um, I'm sure we can all think of examples where death is done well in games. And it's just important to understand where it feels like death has become sort of antiquated and where it feels like permanent penalties such as like actual game overs just aren't necessary anymore.
0: Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Gameology Podcast, number 15, all about death. We're going to put it underground and bury it. I'm Matt. You can find me on Twitter at GameThinkTalk, and you can email GameThinkTalk at gmail.com if you'd like any of your opinions possibly read on the show or questions to be answered.
1: And you can find me on Twitter at Pro or on my website, BluishGreenProductions.com where I'll be posting my extended thoughts on the subjects we discuss every week. You can also read those articles on Gamasutra, and you can also find a link to submit your user feedback to the show on my website.